If you guys did not notice, uh, Brother Spence is not sitting where he normally does. Jaylene's not sitting where she normally does. Because I'm going to bring your message today. Now I know why you fidget with this thing all the time. Man. Back in December, Spence and I started meeting uh, to feed off each other, to, um, to encourage each other, to pray with each other as leadership in our, in our church. And one of the things that I told him in that meeting was that if there was ever a time when he needed somebody to cover for him, um, soon you're going to be having a child, maybe he needs to not be in church and he needed somebody to cover for him, I said, I would be glad to do that in an emergency. <laughs> Fast forward to about three weeks. Good grief. This may not work. I may have to hold a... Um, I invited Spence over. We met again in January about three weeks ago and we were going over some things about the church and, and yeah, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to hold a mic. Maybe you have bigger ears and it just fits different than my, on my ears. But... Um, we went through, uh, you know, some things that we wanted. Um, we were going through our meeting, and the last thing on his agenda that he asked me was, are you still serious about preaching? I said, yes. But I didn't realize it was going to be January 31st. So it's kind of funny that um, I told him that I could do it in an emergency, but three weeks was, whoa, wait a minute. I actually had time to prepare, but I'm thankful for your encouragement. Um, and I think God is moving in my life at paces that I, I wasn't expecting. I was comfortable um, with, where I'm, uh, with where I'm at leading worship. And I think he's been calling on me for a while to move into my next, my next step. And he's been convicting me a little bit. So I appreciate your, your encouragement. And I, I just want to tell you, I said this to you the other night after the funeral or after the viewing, that I have a new found appreciation for pastors. Because Wednesday nights... Sunday nights, Sunday mornings, and I know he doesn't want me doing this, but to prepare messages, three messages, to, to father four boys, to work a full-time job, that's a daunting task. And it took every bit of me and my time to prepare for this morning. And I, I do, I appreciate what you do, sir, um, in great ways now. Not that I didn't before, um, but I do have a new appreciation. Um, we are going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes this morning. And I wanted to start off by asking you if you uh, like celebrating the new year. Um, I do, but not in the sense that I just want to forget about the past year, which a lot of people, I hear that all the time. If we could just forget about 2020 and just everything's going to be better this year. That's not how I look at it. 
I also love springtime. My wife loves fall. That's her favorite season of the year. The beautiful colors, being from Colorado, there's nothing better than hopping on the bike. Not that we ever rode a, a bike together, but I had dirt bikes. And I would go to the, to the mountains, and I would look at the foliage in the fall. But I love springtime because it's a time of renewal. It's a time that things are coming out of dormancy, and they're becoming fresh. Some people like to look at the new year as a way to wipe away the past year. Maybe to feel like we're going to get a clean slate. Many of us will use it as an opportunity to do some self-evaluating on where we were in the past year and maybe where we want to be. And oftentimes the order that we do that is we look at the phys- our physical health first. We hear that all the time. Resolutions of our physical health and then our, our emotional. And then sometimes we might actually look at our spiritual side. And unfortunately that's oftentimes the order that it comes in. Instead it should be reversed. We should always be looking at our spiritual health first. Um, when we start talking about renewal or revival or uh, a fresh start or um, just getting in God's word we often look at that, uh, that physical side of things too often first. But our spiritual health is where I want to concentrate today. Not that I'm not concerned with your physical health or your emotional health, but your spiritual health today is where I want to be. And I want to encourage each one of you that if reflecting on where you've been or reflecting on your life, if reflecting on your walk with God, where you are in your life is not something that you typically do, I want to encourage you to do that starting today. Are you even saved? Do you even have a relationship with Christ? If you do, are you walking closely with Him as close as you would like to be? The start of a new year, to me, seems to be the perfect time to start making some decisions about your spirituality and allow God to do something new and fresh in your life. That's where I'm at. Something new and fresh in my life. He's asked me to do something. And I like to tell myself that I'm open to, yeah, I was a little reluctant. And until this past Wednesday, he didn't even know that I was actually going to come through until I told him, I'll do it. And he was prepared to preach this morning, just in case. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) He didn't know, but I told him I would do it. A lot of things can happen in a year, can it? If we look back to March of this past year, to where we are today, I'm not even sure I can think about all the things that have happened. So many things have happened chaos has ensued in our society in my opinion. That's how I see what's going on. Some families have lost loved ones. Some have welcomed new ones. Whether it be in-laws or children. Maybe some of you have started attending church again. Praise God for that. Maybe some of you have accepted God's gift of salvation in your life in the past year. Amen to that. I'm thankful for God for that. How about those that have given their life to Christ or committed to serving in a different way? Two things typically happen in January 
We look back and we regret. Maybe we could have done something differently. Maybe we did something and we shouldn't have done it. Or we look ahead and we begin to resolve. Resolve what we have done in the past and will not do in the future. Or again, vice versa, something that we have done that we shouldn't have done that we won't do again. I pray that this time that we have together this morning will be a time of resolve for this year, not only in your own walk, but in the walk of this church, in this body of Christ, that we as a family will resolve, make some resolutions. But this morning I really wanted to talk about something that even more so as we agreed that today I would preach. What am I going to preach on? I didn't want to, I'm not going to continue in the book of Ephesians. I don't know where he's going after that. I'm not trying to fill in the gap for him. What has God been speaking to me? And it's very clear that he wanted me to preach on his timing and how perfect it is. And how sometimes we forget about God's timetable in our life. So, I will be making four points in this. I don't have the outline that Spence always has. So, you're just going to have, if you're taking notes, write them down. There will be four points that I'm going to talk about. About God's timing in our life, in your life, and the life of the church. And the first one, point one, is God's timing is sovereign. We've heard that term Most of you know what that means, that His timing, He is in total control of our lives. Amen? I want to use an illustration. There's a book called The Hiding Place. If any of you ever read that book, it's a Corey Ten Boom. It's a biography about a family in the Netherlands, a Dutch family. Christian, strong moral Christian values in this family takes place back in uh, when the Nazis were taking over. They'd invaded the Netherlands. And this family became a family that was housing Jews. And she struggled with some of the moral decisions that she had to make to carry out some of that. But in this particular scene, in this particular part of the book, um, there are uh, there's a lot of air warfare going on, dog fights going on between the English and the and the Germans overhead. It's in the middle of the night. She wakes up, hears her sister down in the kitchen. Betsy is her name, and she rushes downstairs. and And they end up spending about an hour, hour and a half in the kitchen, drinking tea and talking. And when she goes back to bed, it's dark, as we oftentimes do in the dark. We have to feel our way around. And as she's feeling her way back into her bed, she feels a metal object on her pillow. She said about a 10-inch piece of metal that had come through out of the air and landed on her pillow where she was laying. And freaked out, as all of us would be, she runs down and she's like, Betsy, 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 you won't believe what I just found up there. And she begins this what if. And what her sister told her was amazing. And what she says in that account is that her sister said, stop. There are no what ifs in God's world. And no places that are safer than other places. That the center of God's will is our only safety. 
she goes on to say, oh, Corey, I pray that we will always know that in our life. That there are no safer places than others, that the center of God's will is our only safety. And I ask you, do you have that kind of peace in your life? Do you know that no matter what is going on around you, all the what-ifs, and we're all guilty of saying that, what if we've all had those experiences, that there are no what-ifs in God's world. Do you have that kind of peace knowing that no matter what, if we center ourselves in God's will, then that's our only safe place, true safe place. Do you ever find yourself asking what if? I do. Sometimes we wonder why God doesn't answer our prayers when we ask him to. And how many of you have prayed for something and your prayer went unanswered? Or wasn't answered the way you wanted it to be? Or in the time you wanted it to be answered? I'd probably venture to say that's most of us. We start to question why he didn't answer. Some of those questions might be, do I have enough faith? Or maybe this one, well, he must not care about my problems. Or he doesn't care about my feelings. God, are you really even there? We've all asked those questions in tough times. What are the answers to those questions? I don't know. I can't answer those questions, but God's word does. And that's God's timing is sovereign. That he's in control of our life. If we look at the first part of Ecclesiastes 3, we'll start in verse 1. And I'm going to read through 1 through 8. And it says, For everything there is a season, a time for activity under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now if we look at that first verse there. It says there's an appointed time for everything. And I want to point out that it doesn't say for most things. That it doesn't say for the convenient things in our life. Not just the happy things. Not just the positive things alone. There is an appointed time in God's timetable for our life for everything. I brought up when Spence was up in class that I sometimes still don't understand why things happen. Most of us can say that. I had a really close friend of mine. His name was Doug Beckman. He was my roommate. 
We had a town home together in Colorado Springs. We loved to ride dirt bikes together in the mountains. We went to Telluride this particular weekend to a blues festival. And we had seen some of the most gorgeous scenery I've ever seen. Waterfalls. There was about five of us, I think, on that ride. And we came down. And we started listening to music in the center of Telluride at this festival. And, and for some reason, Doug decided, I guess we never found out again why. Because he never made it back. But apparently he took off and he felt the need to go back up by himself. And he never came back. And I struggled with that for a long time. I lost my, a good friend. I lost a, um, a roommate a close confidant, somebody, and we couldn't have been more of a mismatched pair as he was a skinny, long-haired, hippie-type kid. And here I was in my boots and wranglers, and he was my best friend. I didn't understand because I was not aware of God's timing and why God would allow that. You know, what was he using in that? And... My father was a, a priest at a church in Colorado Springs at the time. He had St. Michael, the Archangel Church. And when I got back to Colorado Springs, I went straight to the church. Dad was in the office at the other end of the church. His secretary was there. I kind of snuck in, went into the sanctuary, and I began to scream at God. Because I didn't understand it. To the point my father heard me, and he came in and he helped me through that. But I didn't understand. We don't always understand why these things happen. We don't know why. If we can learn to live with the peace knowing that as long as we're in the will of God that we can make it through those hard times. And it was way more difficult for me at that time because I didn't understand that. Not that going through difficult times isn't hard, but we have a different peace knowing that we, as long as we hold to that, we can, we can get through those. It's a lot easier to cope with. Uh, turn to Hebrews 4.13 with me as well. It's hard to do with one hand. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And we'll go through verse 16. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, verse 14, since we have a great high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Courtney said something in our class this morning that God is relatable. And I found that interesting because that's exactly how I looked at that. Scripture. I believe what the Hebrews writer is saying here is don't hesitate to approach God. For he already knows what the coming year holds. And he's already gone through the trials and problems that we go through. 
So let's turn to him because he is relatable to us. Even when it seems like we're all alone, nobody understands us, we have a friend in Jesus. Amen? Because he can relate to it. Or in verse 16, it says there, in our time of need, I, I can also kind of swap those around, in the nick of time. Can those of you that have been following the Lord for some time now testify that God has shown up for you in your time of need or in the nick of time? Can you testify to that? Amen. How many times have you been faced with what seemed to be an impossible situation and God intervened just in the nick of time? If you're not a follower of Christ this morning, you may not understand that. But I encourage you to talk to somebody that is because their story can also testify to that. We can feed off each other. And like in our own lives, if we're not living in His timing and we're not ready to grab a hold of His tide when it comes in, it's going to go right back. Oh, that's the wrong page. I'm sorry. I've got my pages all messed up. There we go. The second point that I want to make, I hope I'm on the right page, so bear with me if I get off track. The second point I want to make is that God's timing is sufficient. It's, his sufficiency is perfect. It's sovereign. Back in 2011, 2012, I had an eight and a five-year-old girl. I owned my own business trying to make it work. And we were financially in disarray. And we were faced with a foreclosure on our home. And we didn't know what to do. We were praying for God to show up and help us through that situation. And quote unquote, just in the nick of time, God presented an amazing opportunity for me to go to work for Phillips. And he provided a way for us to keep our home, to get out of the debt that we were in. He showed up in the nick of time, just when we needed him most. And it wasn't all about finances. It grew us as a family. It was difficult because I was gone all the time. I was never home. It was a difficult time. We were able to keep our home and to move forward with that. I believe he had something else in store too when we lost that home a year later. (laughs) And strengthened us even more. But he showed up for my family in the nick of time. And if I look back over my life, which that's all I can do, is testify for his sufficiency in my life. She's sitting right over there. He showed up in the nick of time when this broken guy was on a path to hell. She's not my savior. But he provided a woman that helped me through that to bring me around. His sufficiency is perfect for my life and I can attest to so many other things that he's done for me to prove his sufficiency. Maybe you're in the middle of a situation right now. Yourself. Maybe your marriage is on the brink. Maybe you're faced with losing a job. We know a lot of people that have, huh? About those oil field workers. 
Jobs are gone. There's a lot more than that. Maybe you have a loved one that is really sick and there's not a whole lot of hope to be found in that situation. Maybe you've lost a loved one and it's a difficult situation right now. Whatever your situation, I can't promise that God is going to answer your prayers the way you want Him to, but I can promise that you'll make it through it if you hold fast to Him, if you center yourself in His will for your life. Ecclesiastes say, says that there is a time for every activity under the sun, under heaven, excuse me. Everything, God is going to take care of you in everything. Not 99% of the time, but in everything. And that's why I love Scripture. Because it speaks to each one of us directly in a different way, maybe. For me, this verse speaks to me. It speaks to Greg Ole. Brandon can attest to this, that I'm the type of guy that wants to just get in there and get it done. And oftentimes I don't think through things as well as I should before I just dive in and charge and let's go. And sometimes I have to redo them. I see a lot of things that I want to accomplish and I want to charge after them. I look at our church and I know that there's so many things that this church wants to accomplish. Are we as a church in the center of his will for us? Are we relying on his sovereignty and his sufficiency for our lives? difficult for me. Mark, I call it tinker time. It's difficult for me to work out at Tinker Air Force Base because they're on a whole different time schedule than what I like to be. (sighs) Sitting around and it's difficult. But then I read the scripture and God says I've got a season for every activity under heaven. And I found that to be, Greg, you need to chill. That's the international Greg version. (laughs) Greg, you need to chill. He's saying to me, Greg, just be with me in relationship with you. And obey me as I lead you. And I will bring you every event into your life that you need in your life. And in the time that I'm going to give you for that event in your life. There might be some of you that need to chill as well. Are you operating under God's time in your life? Are you trying to do it on your own? And then there's some of you on the opposite side. Maybe you're here this morning and God is trying to tell you, hey, what are you doing? Why don't you get up and move? do something right maybe we're just kind of waiting for our ship to come in we're not we're not being active we're not actively looking for opportunities to serve it's kind of how i saw our transition period we had those that were super patient we just wanted to see god's will done in our life have a church in his time and then there were some that just were We need a pastor. We need a pastor. We need a pastor. We need a leader. We need a leader. 
Luckily, we had some very, very strong Christian people that were able to allow God to work. And He brought us the right man in His time. I think if we had rushed it, we would have been out of His will for our church. Number three, the third point is God's timing is seasonal. We see that in the Scripture. Verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, and on and on and on, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What are the commonalities in that? Do you think the scripture is really about killing and healing, mourning and dancing? What is God trying to tell us in this passage? The pattern is that they're all opposites and they're all seasonal. This passage is talking about all the seasons of life. I like spring, Aaron likes fall. We have God, God amazingly has the seasons that we go through. Some people like the winter. I like the snow. You know, I'm, I miss the snow a lot. Because that's how life comes, correct? It comes in seasons. It's not just one long, drawn-out monotonous grind oh it's the same thing over and over no it comes in seasons but the key to living a full life in Christ is to catch on to what God is doing in your life during the season that you're in at the time I think God is telling us that there is a short time that he will be working in our lives in a particular season and then he will move on to the next season And we need to do our best to understand God's timing in our lives so we can learn how to live in His flow, not ours. I think it's that way in our own lives, and I think it's also that way in the life of the church as well. I believe right now, the way I see our church, we're in time of renewal. And we can all attest, those of you that have been here long enough, that we've been through some seasons in our church. Amen? Difficult seasons, but right now I believe that we're in a time of renewal and God is giving us a vision for our future. And as I look around here, I can't help but to believe what I wrote down here because this church, I see it in your faces. I see it just in the the numbers of people that are in our church this morning. We're in a time of renewal and he's given us a vision for our life. That's the season that we're in. Like in our own lives, if we're not living in his timing and we're not ready to grab a hold of his tide, when it comes in, it's going to go right back out and then we'll have to be waiting for that tide to come back in. We need to be ready to change when God says change. We also need to be ready to be still when God says be still. That's my difficult time, to be still to stop talking, to listen to what God's doing in my life. Which brings me to my last point. That God's time, timing is surprising. We're not always ready for it, are we? And when he tells you to do something, sometimes we can search the thousands and thousands of reasons why we can't do it. Like I did. 
got three weeks to prepare a sermon. Oh my God, you know what? And I'm just running through my head all the different reasons why I shouldn't preach. Why I shouldn't be standing before you talking to you today about what God's doing in my life. And we just start to think. Just when I start to think that I'm catching on and I'm comfortable with where I'm at and I love leading worship at this church and, and doing kind of my thing, he messes it up. And he asked me to do something way out of my comfort zone. Now, talking is in my comfort zone. If you know me, you know that. But standing before a church and talking about what God's been laying on my life is different than just sitting around talking. That's how I view my preaching today. That he's, he surprised me when I thought I was doing something great by asking Spence to cover for him just in a time of need. Not sure that that would ever come because I know Spence's heart and unless it's a dire emergency, you're not going to miss what God's called you to do and that's to, to lead us in the word. But then he used Spence to say, wait a minute, let's stretch him a little bit. So a great resolution that we could all make this year would be to stop trying to be God with our time. Stop trying to play God and think that we have control over the things that happen in our life and the the time that we want to do them in and allow God to work in your life in His time. How do we do that? How do we apply it to our daily life? He always has a practical thing, so I try to bring a practical thing. How do we apply it? Well, number one, and I speak to myself, I must study the movement of God's timing. Where is his flow in my life? What season am I in in my life? And then number two, I must seize the moment of God's timing. I must daily make time for God. I need to get in the word. I need to be reading my word. And when I have an hour, like Brother Mark, on our way to Tinker in the morning... I listen to God's word, whereas I didn't used to do that. But I have an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, to drive to Tinker. And what better way to spend that time than to listening to God's word and have him put that in my, in my heart before I get into the, the flow of the Tinker grind. And I'll tell you, Spence has stepped on some toes lately, and that's okay. He's called us out on some things. But if we have time to spend on our phones, if we have time to sit down and binge watch television on Netflix, our favorite show, if we have time to social media all the time, and we're so worried about what everything else is going on, then you got time for Jesus. You got time for God's Word to come into your life. I'm not just speaking to y'all, I'm speaking to me. I'm just as guilty. How do I seize that moment of God's timing? How do I understand the movement of his life? It's not on Facebook. There's nothing on Facebook is going to speak to me about God's timing and his call on my life. God's word will. Maybe another preacher. 
listening to bot radio. That's sometimes in my excavator. I'll turn on bot radio at certain times. I can catch a good, a good sermon. Not all day. I'm sure I could listen to it all day, but there's some good sermons on there that I listen to when I'm alone in my cab of that excavator. And we need to expect Him to speak to us. We need to have that expectation in our prayer life that He is going to speak to you. Maybe we need to improve our study habits. Maybe we need to take more notes. That way we can always go back and we can look at how He spoke to us in that time. I have a terrible memory. Terrible. I forget so much stuff. And if I don't make notes about what Brother Spence is talking and on Sunday mornings and I can't look back... No offense, brother, but it's my I, it's my memory. It's not that you didn't speak something good into me. I just can't recall all that. How about this one? Maybe obey God's word. That's a pretty strong one. And how about this? Maybe pay attention for opportunities to share what God's doing through you with other people. remember that we are all in different seasons you're not in my season maybe similar but we're all in different seasons in our life and collectively all of our different seasons mesh into a family here in this place and we as a church need to be aware of what God is doing what season are we in as a church and how are we going to move with that season and how are we going to seize the timing that he's using us Only you and God know what season you're in. Whatever it is and whatever God is speaking to you this morning, don't just listen, but be ready to respond when He calls you. And if if you're truly listening and you're trying to find all those reasons why you shouldn't do something, if you're really centered in His will and you're allowing God to speak into you, be prepared to answer and to respond. If you have never answered the call on your life of salvation, I pray that today's the day that you do that so you can be aware of what God is trying to do in your life. If you're here this morning and you've felt God working on you and calling on you in the season that you're in, respond to it. I'm not saying that coming to the altar is... You don't have to do that, but I do encourage you to use this time to do business with God, to listen to Him, to respond to Him. If you would, stand with me. Do some reflection on your life. Where are you walking? Are you walking where you want to be? Is God talking to you this morning in your time of need? Are you where you want to be? Father, I thank you so much for just allowing me, for calling on me for this opportunity. Father, I thank you for my brother Spence, for his encouragement, for me to listen to what you're doing in my life, for believing in me, and knowing that, God, you're always doing something to make my relationship with you fresh. That when I become stagnant and I become complacent and content with where I'm at, Father, I thank you for speaking this into my life.
I pray that you would just continue to work on this church. And Father, I especially pray for someone in this church that may need to answer your call on their life to accept that free gift of salvation, that amazing gift. God, that I think you, I pray that you would do that amazingly this morning and speak as loud as you ever could into their life. And I pray that those that need to respond to how you're working in their life this morning, that Father, they wouldn't overlook the timing that you're doing it in. And it's in God's name that I pray. Amen.